The Florida Gators head down to Death Valley, Baton Rouge, to take on the LSU Tigers. Tonight, we preview the showdown in Louisiana and talk about what the Gators have to do to pull off a massive upset. This is the In All Kinds Weather Forecast. And welcome in to another episode of the In All Kinds Weather Forecast. I am your host, Chris Yanes, alongside my co-host, Neil Shulman. And we are going to be previewing the showdown in Death Valley, Baton Rouge. The Florida Gators travel to take on the number 14 LSU Tigers. They are coming off a loss as well at the hands of the Alabama Crimson Tide on the road, 42-28. The Gators, of course, coming off an excruciatingly tough loss, being upset in overtime by the Arkansas Razorbacks, 39-36. A team that LSU almost was upset themselves at home several weeks ago. Before we get to all of that, though, I want to make sure that we... Shout out the Gator Good Foundation. Make sure to continue to go support them as they just sent Tyson Wills this past weekend. And in the future, look out for more updates with the Gator Good Foundation in ways you can support the next Lucky Gator fan next season to attend their first home football game. Also want to make sure that you're supporting the show here. Make sure to like, hit subscribe at the bottom, leave a comment, rate, review the show in audio formats. Helps us reach all of Gator Nation and bring you more great content. All right, Neil, it is LSU week. This game has fluctuated where it has fallen in the calendar. Traditionally, this game is played in the middle of October, normally before that bye week in Georgia. However, this year it was moved up into the middle of November. And the last time we actually did play this game in November, it was in 2016. We went on the road. We were an underdog. And the SEC East Division Championship was on the line, and the Gators came out with the epic goal line stand on Darius Geis. That team for Florida was a little bit more talented, It had, and LSU was not as talented probably as this one. But nonetheless, Florida was an underdog going in that game. Many believe they did not have did not have what it takes to win. But we're now in 2023. The Gators are in search of at least one more win of the next three against LSU, Missouri, and Florida State to gain bowl eligibility. Can they do it? And is LSU going to suffer the fate like we did at home this past weekend and be upset? Neil, we talked at nauseam our thoughts on Billy Napier and where the future of the program was headed at last podcast. We said Napier, in order to get back in the good graces of the fan base, he needs to, if he pulls a gigantic upset, can definitely win a lot of fan favor back, maybe get his seat for going from hot back down to warmer off it completely. Can LSU do that for him? That's where I'm going to open the show up tonight and ask you, what would a win over LSU mean for Billy Napier? It would throw water on a fire. It would definitely... I, again, I don't want to say necessarily that, that his seat is on fire, but just in a in a pure metaphorical sense, it would have that effect. It would definitely um, de- definitely quell some of the noise in the system, as the Ron Zook era quote went. It would not absolve him of blame completely because there have been issues this season that we told everybody, and we're, we're not alone in this. Everyone, I think, who really follows football could have predicted for themselves 
that if you don't hire a real special teams coordinator, if you don't delegate the play calling on offense, you're just going to have the same problems rear their ugly heads again and again. And they've happened again and again, as we all knew was going to happen. So that doesn't change with an upset win over LSU. Obviously, it would get us to a bowl game, which is something that we were very concerned about after Arkansas was not going to happen. And it certainly, I think if you're talking, you know, betting odds and favorites and Las Vegas and everything, probably is the favored result of the season. Like if you were to say, is it more likely for Florida to make a bowl game or not make a bowl game? Probably not. So that would be good. But it would just be a short-term celebration and i think all of gator nation would be saying okay that's nice now what what are you gonna do this offseason how are you gonna overhaul the coaching staff this offseason uh it would feel good it would be nice especially for me having been in in omaha for that world series finals um back in june and listening to them go it sucks to be a florida gator and seeing them all do the chomp in our faces um it it would be nice to get a, a small measure of payback but as we'll talk about, um, there are there are not a lot of reasons to objectively believe that that's going to happen. Yeah, and even if we do win this game, I agree. We said last show, Florida, if Billy Napier win, wins out and goes 8-4, and four, beats LSU, beats Missouri on the road, then comes home and beats a top-four FSU team, He's still got to make changes. It doesn't change the trajectory of what's coming this offseason. He has to make changes in order for some semblance of progress to eventually occur within the program. LSU, though, the team at hand, Florida will go to Baton Rouge this Saturday, 7.30, a primetime kick. I think a lot of Gator fans saw when the this game was flexed. Uh, it was either going to be a 3.30 game on CBS or a 7.30 game ESPN or SEC Nation. It ended up being a 7.30 game on um, SEC Network. I beg your pardon. I think when we saw that released on Sunday, Gator fans were like, oh, no, this is uh, this is worst-case scenario. However, the football gods may be blessing the Gators with an injury of LSU star quarterback Jaden Daniels, who was in concussion protocol taken out of the end of the Alabama game. Before that, he was shredding their defense. He had Alabama on the ropes. This game was tied at one point, 28 all, before Alabama was able to pull take the lead and pull away after Jaden Daniels exited the game. Doug Nussmeyer's son, Garrett Nussmeyer, is the backup quarterback for LSU. He would be the quarterback we would be taking on in this game. He was a four-star rated prospect out of high school. Not a bad quarterback as far as the high school rankings go. Limited in experience, and this would be a certain test for him against a Gator defense that has shown some success this earlier this season and is looking for success again after having several bad results over the past couple of weeks. But that's who we'd be taking on. I think a lot of Gator fans would really love to relish in beating a, the Doug Nussmeyer son, and not that Garrett Nussmeyer had anything to do with the offensive woes of Florida back in the mid-2010s in the Jim McElwain area. But I think a lot of Gator fans would see that Nussmeyer name and at least chuckle at the fact that they were able to beat uh, somebody in the Nussmeyer family as some sort of ball payback as Neil. We, likes to talk we about. need something to feel good about right now, Chris, <laughs> the Gator fan base needs something to feel good about. And I, I would say I, I'd wager to say that seeing a Nussmeyer be responsible for a loss in a game that involves Florida football for a change that doesn't involve the Gators themselves taking the loss would qualify. 
Like yeah. we're, we're grasping at straws, literally like that Bob's Burgers meme. We're literally grasping at straws, but that's where we are right now. Cause that's the damage that that Arkansas loss did. Yeah. And Jaden Daniels is, is a heck of a quarterback. And I guess I ask you this, how much of a change does your outlook on this game? How much does it change if Jaden Daniels does not play and we ha- we face Garrett Nussmeyer? A bit. I I wouldn't say it changes who I think wins the game, but there's there's no disputing that Jaden Daniels can do things with his legs that Nussmeyer just doesn't have in his arsenal. He's just yeah. he he's explosive. He's how do I put this? I don't want to say a poor man's Jordan Travis. I don't want to say like a like. I think he's better. Light. I actually think he might be better. To tell you I truth. think in some ways he's better. I think he's better as a thrower. He's a better passer than Jordan Travis. I think as a runner, he is maybe a step or two behind Travis. Travis has some elusiveness that I. I mean, that's just a different type of athlete. But I mean, six one up doesn't know the other. They're both elite quarterbacks at the college level. Florida is going to have their hands full of both of them. And if, if Jaden Daniels plays, you're you're looking at possibly with all the injuries that Florida has possibly one of the worst defensive performances in school history, because LSU can put yards up in a hurry, even with their new clock rules in college football, they are just flying up and down the field. Malik neighbors, Brian Thomas, they, they are just mismatched nightmares and our secondary I'm probably getting ahead of myself here, but it's it's a bad matchup for Florida to be facing a team with a mobile quarterback who can also throw the ball very well. Yeah, this is an LSU team that has been able to light up the scoreboard this season, and unfortunately at times their defense, a la maybe the 2020 Florida Gators, has let them down. They put up 72 on Grambling, 41 on Mississippi State, 49 on Missouri, 48 on Auburn, 62 on Army. They still scored 28 and a loss on the road to Alabama on Saturday last week. They scored 49 on the road against Ole Miss where they fell 55-49. That game, they actually almost won at the last second on a Hail Mary attempt that could have been caught. And they were in that game against Florida State down in Orlando in the first game of the season, and Florida State just pulled away at the end. Their offense sort of failed them there. LSU's defense has been very porous at times this year. They haven't, especially against Power 5 opponents. I mentioned a few FCS uh, and non-Power 5, Group of 5 teams. But against the Power 5, they still have shown an affinity to score lots of points, put up lots of yardage. Jaden Daniels, the center of that. Going into this game, he is almost at 2,800 yards on the season, passing has a rating of nearly 200, a 72% completion percentage, 27 touchdowns through the air, and only four interceptions. He was doing a very good job of protecting the football. Against Alabama, before he exited the game, had 11 carries, 163 yards, averaged nearly 15 yards a carry, one touchdown. That actually mirrors what he did against Missouri, 15 carries, 130 yards, and a touchdown in that performance. He's carving up defenses, Neil, in the SEC, both with his arm and his legs. He is going to be difficult to take down if we play him. Now, of course, we play Garrett Nussmeyer. We're playing a quarterback who has only played a handful of snaps, mostly in garbage time. The only time he played meaningful snaps was at the end of the Alabama game, which he was not able to do much. But 
LSU, like, like we mentioned, has great players around him. Malik Neighbors, already 1,100 yards on the season. Another second year in a row, he has surpassed the 1,000-yard mark. And, you know, while Jaden Daniels is a, a very – he leads the team in rushing, Logan Diggs has 634 yards and over five yards, almost six yards of carry to his name. Six touchdowns on the ground as well. LSU has weapons that they can pick up the slack – if he is, if Jane Daniels is not there, and we talked about it against the Georgia and the Georgia recap, Brock Bowers left the game, didn't play, didn't matter. Lad McConkey stepped up. You know, Oscar Delp. Yeah, Oscar Delp stepped up. Dejon Edwards stepped up. Carson Beck played his best game of the season. Rara Thomas played well. It didn't matter, and that is somewhat maybe a symptom of defense struggling for Florida against good teams with good talent this year. We have a very young defense, but at the same time, good teams have their players step up in absences of their great players. And that I think is a situation where LSU is going to be looking at that. If Jaden Daniels cannot clear concussion protocol in time for this game. And I think the other thing with him, I mean, obviously he mentioned his legs. Uh, I'm not sure he mentioned this or not, but 684 yards on the ground this year. That's really the part of the game that Florida is going to be, um, shall we say, fortunate to not have to to face him in. But I just if he doesn't play, if he doesn't play, right? And but if Nussmeier is the quarterback, I don't know if that matters for Florida secondary, which has just not been good this year against lower level competition. Arkansas is not a great football team. I know KJ Jefferson himself is a decent quarterback, but their skill position guys aren't that great. They're, they don't they don't have a Malik Neighbors or a Brian Thomas or a Kyron Lacey like LSU does. They don't have that kind of talent. They they sure look like they did, but they don't. And now we're going to be going up against a team that does have literally that talent. They do have Kyron Lacey. They do have Brian Thomas. They do have Malik Neighbors. Um, they, they do have they do have Mason Taylor, who, by the way, fun fact, is the brother of Cole Taylor, who owned the shoe that Marco Wilson threw down the field. They do have that kind of talent on the field. And Florida has a habit of making mediocre quarterbacks look great this year, the exception being Joe Milton. We made Nate Johnson of Utah and Bryson Barnes of Utah look really, really good against us. We made um, – yeah, we, we made Seals of Vanderbilt look good. We made Devin Leary look good. And the stats weren't that great, but he made throws against us because our secondary just busted coverages. In fact, they should have had four more points than they did because one of their receivers dropped the touchdown pass behind our fried secondary. So I don't think it matters in that sense because I have no reason to trust our defense given the game tape that they have just presented me with. Now, does the loss of Jaden Daniels maybe keep the game at a point where if Napier can get out of his own way, maybe Florida can slug with them punch for punch and maybe keep it a game longer than ordinarily you thought might have thought was possible? Sure. In that sense, yes. I think that does alter that aspect of the game. But ultimately, I just don't have any trust in this defense, especially with the injuries that we have. If we had a fully healthy Shamar James, a fully healthy Cam Jackson, a fully healthy Tyreek Sapp, it's different. I would have more faith in these guys, but that's just not the situation. So while individual players, I think may step up and ball out for us, I do not have any evidence that tells me that it's objectively a smart idea to trust them as a unit. 
Well, and you talk about the talent disparity, Florida against teams they've lost to this year, where, you know, Kentucky, Arkansas, in the past Vanderbilt, there's been times where Florida has lost to inferior opponents. LSU on the other end, this is a matchup where they are vastly ahead of Florida in the talent composite. They currently sit at number seven in the 247 four-year talent composite, boasting an average of nearly 90.75 per player. They have seven five-stars to their name versus Florida's one, Jason Marshall, 35 four-stars, 36 three-stars. Florida, only one five-star. They do have more four-stars at 42 and the same amount of three stars at 35, but those four stars that LSU has average wise come out much higher than Florida's 42. That's why they have a much higher player ranking average. And actually I'll even do one better. LSU right now only on paper has 80 scholarship players, Florida 82 before they awarded a couple to walk-ons this past year. I'm not sure if LSU's done the same, but nonetheless, 80 high school scholarship or transfer players into the program versus Florida's 82 and LSU vastly ahead despite the two players difference there. So Brian Kelly in his short time, he did inherit a program that was only a few years off a national championship. His job was a little bit easier than Billy Napier's. He was able to get this quickly back on the tracks, hired a staff with a lot of Louisiana roots to it and has picked up right where he's left off Has recruited very well last year, pulling in a top five class this year, currently sitting in the top 10, but the guys that'll be on the field this Saturday, Vastly ahead of Florida and quarterback play up and, you know, with Jaden Daniels, certainly an elite player. If LSU right now hadn't lost some of those close games, they've lost a one possession game to Ole Miss, a two possession game to Alabama that felt like a one possession game, the way the game was played. You know, those two results go the other way. We're talking about Jaden Daniels as a Heisman Trophy candidate. I think he probably is not going to win the award this year just because his team is has three losses. So and LSU certainly has a lot to play for with those three losses, six and three, the last three games of the season for them. They have a very good chance to win out. They play us this weekend, Georgia state next, and then finish with a reeling Texas A&M team that is five and four themselves. So they finish nine and three conceivably could finish and get to a new year, six bowl game in year two under Brian Kelly and continue to build with him. So they certainly have a lot to play for. Florida has a lot to play for. And showing the fans that they aren't going to give up on this season. They're going to press forward. And I think, Neil, that kind of leads me to my next segment here. We're going to really find out about how mentally tough this team is for Florida. They've shown an affinity to be mentally tough throughout the season. They've responded in in, in tough losses. This is the first time now they're going to be coming off two consecutive losses in the season. They're staring down the barrel of a very tough road trip to LSU and then two more ranked matchups after that. How can they respond going forward is going to say a lot about whether or not we believe they're able to spring an upset here, whether it is this Saturday, whether it is next weekend in Missouri or the last Saturday against Florida State. We're going to learn a lot about this team Saturday night in Baton Rouge of how mentally tough. And I think that's a big story going into this game. It definitely is. And I think like when you're talking about 18 to 22 year old kids or all 26 year old kids, I guess now with the portal and the 12th year of eligibility, some guys get, but when you're talking about college kids, like the, the nobility line of play for pride, play for your school, play for your brother next to you. That's all great. But for those that maybe that line doesn't apply to, I know some fans I, I saw with my own eyes, some fans were very unhappy 
with some of the the player reactions in the immediate aftermath of the Arkansas loss. They were uh, they, they they took offense to the fact that some of the players were laughing on the sidelines, giggling to each other, snickering, whatever. Regardless, you as a player, your your role now is to put out game tape that justifies a position next year. Because if you're going to be part of this program's rebuild, or if you're going to the NFL, or even if you want to transfer, you're putting game tape out there that is going to decide what your future is. Like we we said before on the show, your game tape is your resume. It is your film is all you have to sell yourself. You can be a, a smooth interviewer. You can be slick and give all the right responses, be very well media trained. Ultimately the tape that you put out there is what dictates what happens next for you. So we're going to find out who is going to be willing to do that grunt work. Who's going to be willing to maybe put themselves in physically uncomfortable situations, like maybe laying out for a tackle when I think anyone who's ever fallen down on the ground knows that it's not necessarily the most pleasant thing to do, even with pads on, you got to do it because you're part of a football team that frankly needs everything from you. If it's going to be even somewhat successful this year, when it's all said and done and we're talking about the history of Gator football and was 23 a successful year or a failure of a year. We're going to need efforts like that from these guys. I'm looking for specifically the offensive line. It's it's very difficult to to say a lot of positive things about um, 76. I hate to make it about one player, but Damian George just has not given us a lot of great game tape this year. Very difficult to say a lot of great things about Jason Marshall. Yes, he has on some individual plays. He has made good plays. He had a few pass breaks up pretty good few pass breakups against Georgia had a couple of nice plays against Arkansas. But again, the sum of his tape, just isn't that fantastic, especially for a five-star. You need to see guys like that step up and you need to see the younger guys who are stepping into larger roles play well, because again, you're playing for yourselves and your futures. So let's see how much that means to you. Yeah. You got to play for, the, the logo on your chest. You got to rep the university in the best way possible and play for your team, play for university, but of course play for yourself. You've been shown up now in four matchups this season. Many believe you're not going to win this game. Many believe you're not going to make a bowl game. Vegas predicted you weren't going to make a bowl game. And now they're, they, they're being justified in that prediction. And a lot of the media prognosticators are too, at the same time, prove them wrong, prove us wrong prove everybody wrong because not a lot of people really believe in you right now. And I do think this team has a chance to spring an upset at the end. I, I will go out on a limb and I'm not sure I'm, I'm believing it's going to be this one, but I could see us beating Missouri or Florida state to end the season and not to give them my prediction at the end. Uh, you know, that we'll get to those at, at some point in this, in this, in this podcast. I mean, but you did, but okay. I think everybody kind of knows where this one's going. And I think when, when we looked at the schedule going in this season, there were two games where people were like, yeah, there's no shot. And it's Georgia and LSU. And here we are, LSU week. Georgia, we were certainly uh, proven right on that one, unfortunately. And I think a lot of people are going to say that Florida has no chance to win this game at all. And this one, people thought that Florida had or LSU had no chance to beat Florida three years ago in the swamp when they basically had no scholarship players or hardly any scholarship players to fill the team. And, and they still found a way to win that on that foggy night in Gainesville. Uh, weirder things can happen in college football. That that upsets do happen every week. 
This is still a six and three LSU team. They're only one game difference in the result thus far this year. They are ranked though. They have lost some really tough games uh, at the hands of their defense. Their defense has been very porous. And I think that's really the hope for Florida in this game is if their defense faces maybe a Garrett Nussmeyer, who isn't as competent as the Jaden Daniels, isn't as explosive, and the defense for Florida is able to make some stops, our offense can move the ball on their defense, then they're going to find a way that they could conceivably win this game. I think that's the path to victory for Florida is – you face a quarterback that is it just doesn't have a lot of experience and you play your best game since let's say the Tennessee game you feed off of the negative the negativity going on around your team and you use it and you channel it into a game and then your offense who has put up points for the most part throughout the season you do that you're going to have to probably score 35 plus points to have a shot to win this game i think you know, I think that's 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 the pathway to victory for the Gators in this one is is they're going to have to obviously make some stops and the offense is going to have to play lights out. They they cannot turn the ball over. They can't give this crowd at night reason to get louder, reason to get up. They have to they have to have momentum throughout the game and not give it to LSU at opportune times for them in order for for Florida to pull away. Neil what do you think going in though is some of your keys to the game for Florida to pull it out? I mean, first things first, the coaching staff has to get out of it out of its own way. Like no more of the issues of the special teams running on the field when the offense is out there trying to clock it. Let's say at the end of the first half, at the end of the game. No more burning of timeouts when you know you're going to need them later and you're going to put yourself in a bad situation late in the close game and you'll need that timeout to stop the clock so LSU can't just fall on to take knees. Like the coaching staff has got to, for one, for just one time, make a difference in a positive way. Because that, I mean, that has just lost us so many games this year. Um, going back to the Utah game, it lost us that one. It lost us the Arkansas game. I would say it, it probably lost us the Kentucky game, maybe not on game day necessarily, but just from the, the lack of preparation that you saw across the entire field that day with our team. The coaching just didn't do us any favor. So the coaching has to make the difference in a positive sense because guess what? For just the second time this year, Florida is the less talented team. Florida has been more talented than everyone else it's faced this year. They're more talented than Utah. They're more talented than Tennessee, very slightly so, but more talented than Tennessee nonetheless. They're more talented than South Carolina. They were more talented than Arkansas. They're more talented than Vanderbilt. Only Georgia and LSU have clearly got more talent than Florida. So with that being the case, you got to have something else step up. So whether that's, for forcing game-changing plays, hint, hint, special teams making an impact in a positive way. Maybe the offensive line just steps up and plays like an All-American unit or a Joe Moore unit. I don't think that's likely, but you're going to need something that has gone wrong throughout the course of the year to go right for you, to compensate for that talent disadvantage that you find yourself on the wrong end of. Because again, you haven't won when the talent is in your favor. 
enough things have gone wrong to lose you games when you're more talented. And now you are the less talented team. So you're going to need some, dare I even say miracles to go right your way. Maybe a pick six. I mean, Arkansas got a strips, uh, a scoop and score off Ricky Pearsall. You never could have predicted that. Maybe we can do that. Like to Malik neighbors, you'll need something of that nature to go your way. Yeah, and I mean, just kind of looking at the Arkansas, a team that beat us at home. Well, while we were at home, they were on the road. They went on the road to LSU earlier this year and lost by a field goal in the final seconds of that game. The difference in that game was the fact that they kind of were a bend but don't break defense to LSU. They forced them into field goals at times. They did force one interception, but if you look at the stat line, they still Jaden Daniels still had his day. He threw for 320 yards, four touchdowns. He had an, one interception, like I mentioned, but they limited on the ground. He didn't go gangbusters. He only had 36 carries on the ground. They had 189 as a team on the day there. Logan uh, Diggs was the leading rusher, but they didn't. They made them drive the length of the field. They did force some turnovers. And they were in that game at the end. So that is the key, right? And the other thing was time of possession. They were able to extend drives and stay on the field. That is going to be another, I think that really might be my key to the game is a good offense or a good defense is sometimes a great offense. And Florida, if they're able to convert on third downs, if they're able to stay on the field and move the ball and keep LSU and Jane Daniels or Garrett Nussmeyer off of it, Florida's going to have a great chance to win this game. And look, they're playing a defense that has, like I've said, shown a propensity to give up big plays and keep offenses on the field. So take advantage of that weakness on Saturday. Keep your offense on the field, and you'll have a chance to make this a game in the fourth quarter and win this game, steal this game. I think that's kind of probably what the way it's got to go is Florida's going to have to go in there and steal this game to win it. And the way to do that is to limit the time that LSU has the football. You're going to have to convert third downs. You're going to have to make some big plays, and you're going to have to get some turnovers in order for Florida. Florida, finally, they were in the plus, actually, on Saturday in turnovers, and it didn't matter. They, but the, that's the, big, the, that's big the thing, because not, not all turnovers are created equal. Like True. the Jordan Castell interception – and Ricky Pearsall fumbling for a, a touchdown. Punt. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, that sure, that's a delta of zero, but that's not really even, is it? So that's no. what I'm saying. When Florida's going to need a miracle, they're going to need not not just a, the raw turnover numbers to be in their favor. They're going to need a pick six. They're going to need the maybe they snap the ball over the punter's head and Florida tracks it down in the end zone for a touchdown. They're going to need something crazy like that to go their way. Hey, maybe Florida will even block a field goal for once. I think Florida's allowed to do that, right? Like, it's not against the rules for Florida to make a game-changing play in a positive sense, right? So maybe they can do that and scoop and score for a touchdown. Maybe a punt return touchdown. Something like that. The the, the supernatural. Like, something like that is going to have to go Florida's way. Because, I mean, we know we're going to give up big plays. Like, I mean, I, I listened to you talk about that, and I had to keep myself from laughing on air. What do you, who, are, who are you trying to fool? Like we've seen, gonna, no, we will. I, I do, but I do believe we will. I'm just saying that, like, you're gonna have to be bend but don't break, though, in a lot of other cases, and you're gonna have to keep the offense on the field like that. Broken LSU, every game, to Chris. me, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing, Neil. Here's the thing. If LSU hits a big play and they barely have any time of possession, fine. Then you have to counter with a five six minute drive, where then you go down and score. 
That's the difference because then it's not sure. created equal. Whereas, like, fine, we'll let you have your 80 yard touchdown pass or we'll let you score in two minutes or less. But we're going to go down and we're going to score in five or six minutes and we're going to take time off the clock and we're going to do it by nickel and diming you all the way down the field. And, and that to me is the way you win this game. That's how Arkansas almost sprung the upset on LSU uh, earlier this season. And that's really the way I think Florida is the only way they can win this game is that they just, they, they understand that they're going to give up plays, but if we're able to keep them off the field and limit their possessions, that's the only, that's the way Florida does it. They have to keep LSU in the thirties to have well, that's, a shot to win this game. See, that's the problem. I'm terrified at the thought of having five or six minute drives because that just gives Mr. Harold Perkins hit more opportunities to blow through the line of scrimmage and cause havoc. Yeah, but I mean, that's your, our but offensive that's, line has not done its job. That's fine, but that's still okay. You're correct, and if he does that, then we're not going to have five, six minute sustained drives. It's not going to happen. So that th- that just this whole this whole key to the game that I'm giving is predicated on that Florida is going to be able to find a way around and scheme around Harold Perkins or around any of their other defenders that are good football players. This is nothing. Yes. Of course, Florida has not shown an ability to block players like that this season. I'm telling you the key to the game is to stay on the field and overcome them and keep LSU in the thirties, Florida, I think is going to definitely have to score 35 or more to win this game. See, so yeah. in other words, do something we haven't seen all year, pull a miracle and make yeah. something that we could never have predicted happen, which is my key. Well, that's which, which is where we're left with. Chris, like we have, we have nowhere that else to turn. That you've just defined an upset. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's it. And I'm not sure we're going to predict that, but we'll find out here shortly. All right. So let's head into the final verdict now. Let's give our game predictions, our chances to win. We've given our keys. We've laid them out. Florida needs to pull, obviously, a miracle to win on Saturday. I'm going to go ahead and lead off really quick, though, with what Dustin has given me. Dustin was not able to join us tonight. That's because Dustin's celebrating a birthday this week. So here at the In All Kinds of Weather, want to thank him for all that he does for us. You know, he is the lead graphics guy, the producer of this show. He edits all of our shows to make them look as good as they are and has really improved that product this year. So we wish him a happy does birthday. The model. Hope. Does the model. He does a lot for us here, and we're very thankful for him. So make sure if you all listening to this, let's wish Dustin a happy birthday out on Twitter. He's at I-A-K-O-W Dustin. And uh, certainly uh, take a look at his model when he does release it. We'll have those numbers for you later this week. Unfortunately, we don't have them at this time, but we do have the model prediction for this game. The model is predicting, and this is if Jaden – uh, Jaden Daniels plays. The model is predicting that LSU will beat the Gators 45 to 24. He's worth about eight points on offense, according to him. If he does not, then LSU would win 37 24. So right now, Vegas has Florida as a 15 and a half point underdog. It opened at 13 and a half. I think people probably saw the line just like many of us and thought, that might be some free money there. So the line has ballooned a little bit up to 15 and a half. It's actually higher than what the Georgia one was. And that kind of puts you right there. So if if 
Jane Daniels does not play. Certainly look for that potentially to move, and we'll see how quickly uh, if it moves closer to that 13-point deficit that Dustin had predicted. His keys to the game for defense, he said less than five missed tackles and forcing at least two turnovers. Offense, get the ball to your playmakers, Eugene Wilson, Trevor Etienne, at least 25 times combined. They were not able to do – they did not do that against Arkansas. Let's see if they do it this week. And special teams, don't change the game. I think think that's pretty self-explanatory there on that one. ESPN FPI gives the Gators a beautiful 12.4 chance to win this game. Percentage. Yeah, 12%. 12%. That's high. I'm saying that's high. You think that's high? Okay, well, Neil, with that being said, and you think that's high, give me your percentage chance then that the Gators win this game on Saturday night. All right, so um, OG and all kinds of weather forecast listeners, you'll remember Casey. He started this with me back in COVID of 2020. He's alive and well, by the way. He's just – he's very busy. He, he works um, for a university down in the state of Florida, so he's got a lot on his plate uh, at this time of year. But Casey came up with the eponymous Casey Rule. Casey Rule states that if you lose to a team – five times in a row or four times in a row where you're favored in all four or three times in a row where you're favored by more than a touchdown. So 7.5 or more. If any of those apply, you do not pick Florida to win the game again until they actually do. That rule has kicked in. LSU was a 24 point favorite in 2020. They won. LSU was a 14 point favorite in 2021 LSU won that too. LSU, it it was very close, but LSU was a 7.5 point favorite last year in the swamp and they won. That's three in a row of more than a touchdown. Casey rule has kicked in 1% chance for Florida to win the game. And because you keep, you know, you can't say zero because that's, no, you're giving Florida a 1%, Florida 90, 1% chance one out of a hundred chance, one out of a hundred times. Out of if if they were to, and if you think about it logically, that makes sense too, right? Because Florida has a rash of injuries on their defense. LSU is more talented than Florida. Florida can't even beat the teams that they're more talented than. This is at night in Death Valley, which by itself during the day is hard enough to win at. No, I'm I'm not seeing it with with the special teams issues, with the coaching issues that this team has. No, I'm. And again, you can't say 0% because that means you're literally saying it's impossible and nothing is impossible in in football. So can't say zero, but it's as low as it could possibly be, 1%. As for a score, I thought about this again with the variable of Jaden Daniels. I do think it, it does matter if he plays just because, again, there's the running threat there that would be taken away by him not playing. But there's still the issue that our secondary is just not good. I mean, whether Jalen Kimber or Jason Marshall or the safeties crossing up their assignments with each other and getting beat on a deep ball, I just don't trust them. So Garrett Nussmeyer would pick apart our defense with maybe not the same ease, but with similar ease because we've just done that. We've had that effect on different quarterbacks this year. So score-wise, I will say if Jaden Daniels plays, I will say 55-21. I think Florida will score couple of touchdowns in the first quarter of the first half. I think it'll be respectable for a quarter and a half or maybe even a full half. But I think in that third quarter with our defense being as thin as it is, 
just not being capable of stopping, again, less talented offenses. We're sure as hell not going to stop one that's more talented with a guy that, as you said, is talented enough and puts enough game tape out there to legitimately be a Heisman Trophy finalist. Um, it, it'll get ugly in the second half and, and they'll figure out our offense and Harold Perkins will break through our line will collapse and they will make enough plays to just shut us down. If he does not play, if it is Garrett Nussmeyer, I think that Florida will take this game down a lot closer to the wire than people may have thought, because again, he isn't experienced while our secondary is bad that's still a very inexperienced quarterback there who might miss a read here or there. He might be inaccurate when the pressure is coming at him. Our defensive line, for the problems it has actually finishing the play and getting the sack, they do have a decent win rate off the line of scrimmage. They could force pressure. They could make him make some bad decisions. Maybe he throws a ball he shouldn't. Maybe he's hit as he throws, as we saw with Desmond Watson on Joe Milton. Thanking uh, Devin Moore says, thank you very much for that. Maybe that helps Florida here or there get a turnover and keep the game close. But if he does play, there's still, again, the problem that I don't trust our defense late in the game. We will break down. They will hit enough plays with their rash of receivers. Again, we mentioned them earlier, but just one more time. Kyron Lacey, Brian Thomas, Malik Neighbors, um, their tight end, Mason Taylor, just too much for us to stop. So I will say in that case, that is a 41-34 to LSU win. So obviously a big difference. Wow. That's they, so you're because again, it's a, it's, I, you're saying it's a game like Florida's a. I so think then it's what's a game. the percentage chance that if if, if Nussmeier plays, what what's the percentage chance Florida has to win? I'll say fifteen percent. Okay, it, it it could definitely goes up because again, there's the factor of inexperienced QB possibly resulting in turnovers. Okay, so uh, it's not likely, but. Again, yeah, but forty-one thirty-four. I mean, that's that's close. Because again, I think we'll force a turnover that could set us up with good field position and maybe give us some points that maybe we wouldn't have generated on our own. Okay, fair enough. All right, so I'll give my prediction. I guess since we're giving predictions on one way or another, we'll do it again here. We we'll post the we'll post the prediction. We'll know I think by Friday what what happens here if he's playing or not and we'll, we'll we'll make a determination on the graphic on official we're giving our official predictions here if and if he does not play so by friday hopefully we'll know so if Jaden daniels plays i am predicting that lsu wins 45 to 31 i think florida will play with a lot of pride in this game i think they are going to play for their coach i think they're going to play for their school they're going to play for themselves and they're going to give them the best effort they possibly can. And I think they will actually put up a lot of points in this game because that LSU defense is very porous. Uh, I will say Florida with Jaden Daniels has a 10% chance to win. If he doesn't play, I think it doubles and goes to 20. And I think that this is a close game. And I think LSU would win 37, 31. So I'm not predicting Florida scores more points, but I am predicting LSU scores less points. And I like Dustin's eight-point difference there. So I'm going to subtract it from my total and say 37-31 LSU if it's Garrett Nussmeyer taking the snaps for LSU. I just think an eight-point difference is is very low because, again, you're, you're taking the entire running element out of the game. 
if they, you change play. the game plan, you're changing the game plan. Then I think you get your receivers more involved. You get in the hands of your other playmakers. Right. I mean, but we, we talked again, about the- an inexperienced quarterback at the helm. You're not, you're not swapping Jaden Daniels for Graham Mertz. You're swapping him for a guy who just hasn't thrown the ball out this year. And Logan Diggs has averaged over five yards a carry this year, almost six yards a carry. He certainly could pick up the rushing load. I think it changes what we look at. But, I mean, we we still, at the end of the day, Neil, we still are, are saying it's a one-score game in favor of LSU if yeah. Nussmeyer plays. I, I, I think that 45-31 that Florida puts up, maybe it's 45-24 and Florida scores like that late touchdown like they did against Georgia to make it a little bit more respectable. That's that's kind of where I'm at there without um, – So a backdoor so Maybe a backdoor cover. Yeah, I agree. But – I think that Florida will be able to move the ball and score on LSU. I just, I just don't. The defense hasn't given me any indication. And like he talked about, the rash of end injuries. Cam Jackson, he put out a tweet earlier this week. It does look like he's going to go. The way he's tweeting, he, I think it would take a lot for him not to play. We know how much this game means to him. He wanted to be an LSU Tiger, as he indicated when he came on our show, and. I think he's going to show out for this game if he does play, and that's going to be a huge boost for our defense there on the interior side of things. But we're not going to have Shamar James. We're going to be starting either Manny Nunnery or a freshman linebacker and Jaden Robinson, who played this past Saturday. It's a big drop-off from Shamar James, to say the least. And no disrespect to those guys, but Shamar James is is shaping into an all-conference linebacker here and he is no longer with us for this season. So that's going to be really tough moving forward not to have him there. And I, think I will that, say that, I'm very high on Jaden Robinson's upside. I think that it is young. Be, you got, yeah. I, I think that it, it could be a scenario where he gets valuable reps for next year. That doesn't help us this week, but it could be like a plant the seed, reap your rewards later type of thing. Yeah, well, and that's kind of what happened uh, with David Reese. Uh, you know, like right. when Jared Davis went down, David Reese got those snaps. And it actually was in the LSU game in 2016 when that happened. But, you know, it, we'll, we'll have to see. I think that there's a, the Florida is going to have to play their best game. They're going to have to do something that many of us just are not expecting. They're going to have to try some things differently in order to win this game. And I, a lot of it is I want to see consistency of getting it into the, 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 your best playmaker's hands. But like we said, it, 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 it is we're predicting this is going to take a a massive effort for, for Florida to pull off the upset in a hostile environment at night where Florida has not had a lot of good fortune in the past. Last time we won there was 16. The last time we won there at night. 2009. Tim Tebow. Coming off a concussion. Yes, right. Does there's there's a full circle moment there after uh, Taylor Windham knocks him out of the Kentucky game two weeks earlier. He did have a bye week. Am I not? Am I remembering that earlier. correctly? Yep. Yeah. Did. So he Jaden Daniels does not have a bye week, and many believe that probably Tebow may not have been actually even ready to play that LSU game he fully. Not. He was not. Uh, <laughs> but certainly having two weeks helped. The I don't know. I Jaden by multiple teammates. He was not ready for that. Game. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, I think a lot of that's the kind of the Gator folklore there. And Florida's defense played pretty incredible in that game, uh, 13 to three outcome. And the difference was a Riley Cooper touchdown pass that may or may not have been OPI, but you know, we won't go there. LSU certainly have gotten their fair share of calls over the years. Uh, well, Neil, I think we've, that does it for our show. We want to thank all of, uh, our listeners and our viewers for tuning in once again, make sure to like 
hit subscribe down at the bottom if you're watching on YouTube. Rate, leave a comment. Also, rate, review the show on all the audio formats, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get those podcasts. We appreciate all of your support, and we hope that the Gators this Saturday night can shock the college football world with an upset and clinch bowl eligibility. So from all of us here at the In All Kinds of Weather Forecast, I'm your host, Chris James, alongside Neil Shulman. Thank you. Go Gators. Beat LSU. Shock the world.